Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Player Bros. Two Player Bros. I knew it was coming, but it was a little delayed. A little, uh, I had to take a nap after work. Okay, <laughs> tired today. You're always tired during our podcast. It's because it's eleven and it's, Yeah, past eleven o'clock p.m. right now. That's your fault. How was that my fault? Uh, it's my fault. I got home late from work. But I'm not tired. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm ready for this podcast. Talking about Vigi Games? Oh, we're going to talk about Vigi Games. Vigi Games? Vigi Games. Vigi Games. Well, this is our pre-E3 podcast coming at you. So we're going to talk about some... Pre-3? Pre-3 stuff. We're going to talk about some games we're excited about. Three games. Huh? Huh? Really? Three games? We're going to... Well, top three games we're excited about. We're going to mostly talk about them when we're most excited about. Uh, we're going to list off our Q&A first, as always. Then we're going to go into some... Uh, News and then some reviews. Even Alex has played a couple of games this time, or at least one game to review. Yeah. So, uh, wait, 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 who are you? I'm Mike Butler, player number one. I'm your brother. You should know that. God. I, I mean, I know that, but they don't know that. You guys don't know that? It's our sixth episode. This is their first time listening for. Welcome. Yeah. Well, I'm player two. Get your voice more toward the I'm, I'm Alex. They can hear me. Okay. I can project. Ooh. I'm, I'm Alex Butler, player two, depending on the game. You're always my player two, bro. Aw. That's adorable. It's because you're my bitch. All right, Mortal Kombat right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So without further ado, let's uh flip the page. Use that, bro. All right, Q&A time. Question numero one. What is... Your favorite character class in an RPG. See, I play a lot of RPGs. It's my probably my favorite genre of video game. I just ruined that for a question, if that's another question that we ever get asked. But that's, that's my favorite <laughs> genre of a video game. Okay. So, my care I always go for a caster. But now, if the RPG gets specific enough, a support caster... I'm all about them heals, but like in a casting kind of sense. Or buffs. If I can help my party out, it's my character. I'm the one making sure the team stays alive. Making sure we can survive whatever gets our way with my spells. Or I'll just fucking blow shit up with my fireballs. One or two. How about you, bro? Me? I'm the exact opposite. I want to be in there. I want to be in the thick of it. So my boy is either big and strong and and a tank, sucking up some of that damage, making sure no one else has to get hurt, taking the hits for the team, going right up close. Or he's some kind of like sword and shield kind of guy or like somebody who's like good on attack power, who just kind of goes in, does a couple of hits, comes back out, deals the most damage, does what he has to do to keep the keep the battle going uh so really i'm all about the attack guy i'm all about getting in there up close i don't like the range guys because in rpgs it's usually not as twitchy i feel so i don't tend to like people at range i don't tend to like spells i find it a little less exciting so i tend to go for the uh, attack all right and there you have it Hmm. question number two question numero dos now this is uh in honor of star wars episode one the phantom menace's 20th, you heard that right, bro. 20th anniversary. We're old as fuck. We are old as fuck. What is 
your favorite Star Wars game? I will have to say my favorite Star Wars game is Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. And if you ask me what happens during the story of the game, I can't answer that. Because the reason it's my favorite is because I played the shit out of the multiplayer. It's just so fun running around with the lightsabers. I feel like the lightsaber play in that game, albeit dated now, was so fun. And then putting it further, played on PC, all the awesome mods. I'll never forget running around in the Matrix level. It was the most fun I ever had. Yeah. I smacked my bitch up level was pretty fun, too, with the bots. Hmm. They had a lot of bot match. The bot matching in Jedi Outcast was some of the best. It's and the force powers you could use were awesome. Yep. And it's just so fun. It was really fun. Just a lot of fun. How about you, bro? I do love Jedi Knight 2. Uh, I can't say I don't. Battlefront 2 is also really up there for me. The original Battlefront 2, not the this new one. But my favorite of all time is it's one of my favorite video games of all time is the original Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox uh, by Bioware. I think that game has one of the best stories. I love the combat. I love the party members you can get. I love being on the Ebon Hawk, which is your ship. You can take their clothes off. Things. You can take their clothes off. Have them fight in their underwear. Mm-hmm. I love that there's different romantic interests. I love when you're evil. You can be so evil that it like when I did my second playthrough as my evil character and I made. I can't remember his name. Uh, the Wookiee character kill his Twi'lek uh, little girl that he was protecting. Like, that's, I felt really bad. That's some hard stuff right there. It, like, made... I wanted to, like... I wanted to put down the controller for a while. I was like, that is too evil. I've gone too far. But as the good guy in the game, there are some really interesting scenes, too. And the uh, plot twist... You know, some people are like, oh, I saw it from the beginning. But I really like the, the plot twist. And spoiler alert for a game that is... Um, probably at least a decade old. You know, your character turns out to be Darth Revan, the main bad guy everybody's been talking about since the beginning of the game, which I think is a really interesting plot twist. So that's always been my favorite. And the the music is good, too. I do remember it being pretty fun. I tried to play it on PC again, but uh, the Steam version doesn't really work very well on modern computers. I, I didn't do any research to see if there was any mods that fix it, but all I remember about it is having the double-bladed metal saber. Yep, you start out with the vibro staffs and swords and stuff, yeah. Well, it was later on, like in a cave. You get, like, like a more advanced one. You get like a Sith Lord's like pre-lasery lightsaber. I remember like, when you go to the temple. Yeah, it's like a double-bladed crazy metal saber thing. Let me talk about Code War 2. No, I didn't play that. You didn't play that? No. That's good, too. Bad ending. Good game. Anyway, so those are our choices. Those are. Uh, if you want to let us know your choices for the favorite Star Wars game, you can always tweet us at Two Player Bros or uh, send us an email at Two Player Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Also, question number three What is your favorite arcade game? Now, I'm talking about like old school, like, like not old school, but arcade game, like you would find an arcade to play. Well, that's easy for me. Dance Dance Revolution. I love Dance Dance Revolution. It defined my middle school slash high school life. I went from being fat to skinny with DDR. And then I stopped playing DDR and I got fat again. Mm. Your calves were like tree trunks. They still are. It's weird. They haven't gone down. (laughs) 
That's but, right, uh, guys. If you want to be skinny with the biggest calves in the universe, Dance Dance Revolution. Mm-hmm. Well, the only problem I with that now is the community's kind of elitist. The ones that still play it, and it's kind of upsetting. I don't know. They they all got sticks up their butt from what I've seen. They don't like to play for fun anymore. Not really. It's all competitive. I see all the posts in the Facebook groups, and they're all like at each other's throats all the time about being like the elitist possible. No one really plays it for fun. It's all about just getting the perfect 100% combo on everything. Hashtag sad. Yeah. But it's still fun to play if you could find a system or if my pads work when they work. My favorite would have to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll even go Turtles in Time. Either either of the two Streets of Rage ripoff arcade games for Ninja Turtles were always, I think, one of my go-tos. You know, I remember being in the arcade National Amusements back in the day where we used to live. Or, yeah, no, no, not National Amusements. No. Became Smiles. There's a Milford Recreational Center before that. Really? Yeah, it's just called Milford Rec. Oh. Ginger? Milford Amusement, Milford Rec. Milford Amusement Center. Mm -hmm. Come join the fun. Milford Mm -hmm. Amusement Center. Yeah, but... It was also Milford Rec. Whatever. All right. So anyway, the arcade we used to yeah. play when we were little. I used to love putting some quarters and doing that game with you. Yeah, being the turtles or turtles. Uh, you know, just walking around trying to smash buttons and get as far as we can with the few quarters that we had. So that was always my favorite. I always had a lot of fun with that. I even like the uh, remake they did of Turtles in Time for the uh, 360 when it came out. It's one of their summer of arcade games. I thought that was really fun. Just, you know, simple quarter games that try to see your quarters, but see how far you get before you die, before you have to put that next quarter in, before you run out. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of our question and answer period. Remember to send us your questions if uh, you want them to uh, be asked on air. Ask yeah. us questions. <clears throat> Please. Anyway, let's get to the next section. Let's uh, flip, 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 da, 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 da. Fuck the page. I hate you. I know. All right, this is E3 preview time. All right, so the two of us have player one and player two have their own three games that they've chosen. They might match up. We're just going to kind of briefly talk about the first two, and then we're going to go into our third one, why we were really excited about it. So uh, I guess player one will go first. So my first one that I really want to uh, see at E3 is going to be Dying Light 2. I think that's really cool. I really like the first Dying Light. Um, I like the medieval style of this new one. I think that's a really neat twist. And I like what I saw from the first one. My next one I really want to see, I don't know anything about other than the people working on it said, yeah, we're making it. And then Ubisoft said, this game's not coming out because they didn't want the announcement to be until E3, I guess. So that would be Splinter Cell. I've always really loved the Splinter Cell games. I think they're great. Um, the last Splinter Cell game that came out was not that great, um, but it still had its moments. I think the stealth aspect and the ability to beat the game how you want, it's like Metal Gear Solid um, in a more realistic fashion. And the co-op mode that they did, they started in Conviction. Or co-op mode has been happening for a long time, but the one they had in Conviction I thought was really good. And 
interesting and the end was really cool. And I just think they can really expand upon that and make a really good co-op mode for this game that I would really like to see along with the main uh, the main style Splinter Cell game, bringing back the stealth aspects of it. And yeah, I just really think it would be great with the newer graphics, the new kind of enhanced uh, advancements in lighting techniques as well, even in the last few years. Splinter Cell is all about playing with light and shadow and sound. And I'd love to see a game where you can really play with those things. I would love to see a game, Splinter Cell game, where part of it might be you put on a headset, like a chat headset, because almost everybody plays with like a turtle beach, at least nowadays. You know, being able to shout something from a distance or do something to distract somebody else, another NPC, I think that would be really cool. So I'm interested to see what they do with Splinter Cell. And then I think my number one game is going to be Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I think... The Witcher, although I'll be honest, I did not beat The Witcher because it's a very long game and I kind of forgot how to play about halfway through after I took a long break. I have to go back and beat it. I think that game is really great by Project Red. I think they really uh, are CD Project Red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CD Project Red. I think they really know what they're doing with gameplay. I think they know what they're doing with story. From what I've seen of the game, it's very mature. It's got a lot of of style to it. I really like that near future blade runner style i like the fact that there's no fail states in this game you can you know start a mission and unless your character actually physically dies you know whatever you do in the game happens in the game if you're going to save someone and they get shot well they get shot and that's part of the story now if you're going to save someone you save somebody you kill half the block of city people that happens if you get your one of your party member kills it happens it's Whatever happens in that game happens. You can get through almost all missions without murdering anybody or you can murder everybody. You can decide to augment every part of yourself and be more robot than person. Um, The customization options look insane. The graphics look amazing. And they did an amazing job with their medieval trilogy of, of Witcher games. Even the other Witcher games, Witcher 2, Witcher 1 I only played a little bit of, but I played a lot of Witcher 2, and Witcher 2 was very fun as well. So I'm very excited to see what they'll do with more of a futuristic sci-fi landscape, which is really more my kind of thing anyway. Uh, So Cyberpunk is really on my radar. It wasn't before, but after that gameplay reveal and just reading more about it and it getting kind of hopefully closer to release, uh, I can't wait to see more of it at E3 this year. So that's going to be my number one game, which was surprising because I didn't think it would be. Player number two. Numero dos. Numero dos. So there's a few games that I'm excited for for E3. Um, obviously, well, outside of these three, you guys know Borderlands I'm really excited for. Those already teased at PAX. Yeah, and you were really excited. We did a whole thing for you on Borderlands. I just have to mention it again. <laughs> I really am excited for it. But anyway, the other three. I'm excited for Doom Eternal. I'm a huge Doom fan. Although I have to admit, I didn't beat the new one. I didn't beat 2016 yet. Because every time I played it, I wanted to go back and play the original ones instead. I am a huge fan of the original ones, but I am excited for this one. It looks amazing. The animations are crisp. The guns are really detailed. The gameplay looks really fun with the grappling hook and the and the uh, the wrist saber slicey sliciness. And it just looks really cool being in like hell on earth. But 
That looks awesome. Dying Light 2, just like you, I'm really excited for. It really makes me interested in how they're doing the every decision makes the world different approach, which, you know, there was nev- not, not, nothing like that in the first game. So that's interesting. Now, did they say that this one was going to be co-op as well? Because I don't remember reading that yet. I don't think they said it, but I'm sure there will be because that was a huge thing about the first one. Uh, at least in my opinion, I thought co-op was amazing in the first one. That's how I played through it my first time. And I've played through a couple other times in co-op with other people, but it was really awesome having that in co-op. And, you know, Dead Island was in co-op, which is basically the precursor to Dying Light. So. Never played Dead Island. Very fun. Downloaded them. They're on the Game Pass now. I haven't uh, played them yet. I recommend them. It's, it's it's Dying Light, but not Dying Light. But I like Dying it's Light. It's really fun. You like, you, you like Dead Island. It's mm. fun. Outside of Resident Evil, Dying Light is my favorite zombie game. I have to say Dying Light is my number one favorite zombie game over Resident Evil. Whoa. Just because... You just blew my mind. All the mechanics are amazing in it. Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen. This is the best zombie game, in my opinion. Anyway, the game that I'm most excited about to hear about at E3 is The Elder... Oh, oh. (laughs) sorry. My bad. Is Marvel Avengers. I am a huge MCU fan, which is crazy since, as my movie-obsessed brother here knows, I'm not really the biggest movie person he's a pretty big disappointment to the family but the mcu i've never missed a movie try to see them right when they get released and i am absolutely obsessed with iron man and robert downing jr and i'm just really excited for an avengers game but they need to do it right because obviously how huge the mcu has gotten and made marvel now um, they really need to make it good or else it's going to be a huge disappointment to everyone. Like it needs to not be okay. It needs to not be pretty good. It needs to be great to live up to the expectations that the MCU has kind of put forward for Marvel these days. Yeah. I had Spider-Man. Spider-Man was really good from what I've heard. And I can't play it because I am a PC gamer, unfortunately, but I've heard amazing things about it. You spread the love to everything, bro gonna be by square enix so i'm excited square enix makes amazing games what have they um, really oh well they're responsible for the hitman games before io interactive went their own way mm-hmm. okay so i was trying to think of what other than obviously final fantasy they really did yeah square enix does all the new hitman games now okay and um obviously all the final fantasy games which i'm a massive fan of hence going to see them in concert four times now and uh, I just hope it's going to be good. But since it's Square Enix, I'm hopeful. I have a lot of concerns. Like, what if it's just like an arcade like, mobile game? I hope it's not. I hope they have, like, an open world feel to it. I hope it's not just, like, a linear, like, linear missions. I hope it's kind of like you can go out in the world and just do missions here and there. I don't really want it to be, like, based off the MCU. I hope it's more comic book based. Because I feel like you can't really do much if it's just like based on the MCU. I think it's their own kind of universe, kind of like how the Spider-Man game was its own universe. Yeah. So, like, as big of an MCU fan I am, yeah, I don't want them to take like the MCU into account because they need to make it cartoony to make it like work video game wise, especially if they want to add a lot of content to it. 
apparently rumor is the game there was a little bit of a write-up about the game and a lot of it has to do with getting loot and different character pieces and some people are trying to think maybe it's marvel's version of destiny i mean that would be cool but only if they let us play our favorite superheroes though still like i want to be able to play as iron man that's what i would think would be like iron man and you get like pieces of his most famous different repulsor cannons and stuff like that that's what i would think different versions of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can have different people play. Cause it's definitely supposed to be a co-op, I believe. Yeah. So maybe there can be multiple Iron Man's because they're all, you know, different. You know, everyone has different pieces to their armor set. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Hulk has with world war Hulk and, or not world war Hulk, planet Hulk and stuff like that. He's got all these sci-fi gladiator type outfits you could put on him. Yeah. In that regard, I hope like the, every hero has like unique abilities, like different gameplay. Like, I want Iron Man to feel like, you know, like hovery, fly, you know, ranged character. You know who did that well? No one gave credit. Um, you remember the game we had on Xbox? It was like a fighting game. And it was like 3D, though. It was almost like an adventure game type fighting, like Power Stone. You fought aliens. And you were the Avengers, like Iron Man was in it. Spider-Man. You're talking about Ultimate Alliance? No, no. Because that one. They, really... they all kind of played the same in Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. Oh, man, what was it? It was on original Xbox. Not sure what you are referring to, player one. I am going to look it up and then edit the searching part out of this. All right. So the game I'm thinking of was Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects. It was on GameCube. It was kind of a dark game. I don't know if you remember this, bro. I don't think I ever played it. Definitely played with me at least a little bit. Don't remember it at all. What was the release date on that? 2005. Yeah, this was when Marvel was still Marvel, when you can have things look different and not all be the same. You really don't remember this game at all? Nope. Wow. You got the thing there, Iron Man. Anyway, I think a lot of people don't like that game, and it wasn't perfect, but what I thought was really interesting was every character really did play different, and they played like they were their own 3D game. Huh. But I agree with you. It should play like that. It shouldn't. Yeah. Everybody shouldn't be samey. Yeah. Which I'm excited for Ultimate Alliance 3 when it comes out on um, Switch later this summer. And I'm sure I'll bring it over. You'll come over and we'll play a bunch of it. I'm sure there'll be a lot of beers and a lot of laughing and yelling at each other and then laughing again and then more fighting. And beer. So hopefully this game is a little different than that. We'll see our first glimpse of it. Hopefully. I have a feeling I'm going to be disappointed because my expectations are set really, really high for it. Yeah, that's the problem with being really excited for something you have no idea what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm glad Cyberpunk is something I'm excited about now that I've finally seen it, not beforehand. Yeah. Because, like Death Stranding, a lot of people are excited for that. The trailer finally came out, and I'll I'll get it, but I don't get it. it doesn't make any sense to me. Everybody's excited. Oh, Hideo Kojima's first game outside of you know being stuck behind a wall in a system, forcing him to do something. And I mean, I love the Metal Gear games. I saw on PT. I have no idea. PT back. Well, you get Death Stranding instead, which looks fucking weird. So, but I hope that game's good too. But sometimes when you set your expectations expectations really high, you get disappointed. Indeed. And we haven't seen anything other than what the A looks like for Avengers for this game. You see a shield and a hammer. Listen. And a repulsor cannon. I believe six days from when we're recording this, you'll see. And hopefully we don't have to wait another three years after that to actually see what the game is. 
you know, like Elder Scrolls and Starlink, which we were teased about two years ago now. Hey, look, at, at least you're not looking forward to the new Metal Gear game or not uh, Metroid game where they announced it last year. And then they announced a few months ago that they just deleted everything about that game and they started from scratch again. It's so okay. it's going to be even longer. I remember I remember being excited for Starcraft Ghost. I'm still waiting for Starcraft Ghost. You'll you'll never see Starcraft Ghost. Fifteen plus years <laughs> later. Yeah, I was excited for that too. That did look good. So anyway, that's our E3 preview. I mean, those are just three games. There are a bunch of different games coming out that look really cool. Halo Infinite, Duke Years of War, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Mario Maker Two. Maybe they'll show what the new Metal uh, Metroid game looks like for Switch. Maybe they'll announce some weird things. Rocksteady said they weren't going to announce a game at E3, but I've been waiting for either a new uh, game from their Batman trilogy or a Superman game from them. But we'll see what happens. Until then, let's talk some other news by flipping the page. That's not really a page i've got it's a you know it's got a sound effect have you listened i was more so going for a whoosh (laughs) but my mouth kind of went a whip i don't think you've listened to an episode of this podcast all right so we just have a little bit of news for you today we've got the news on most of the first combat pack for mortal kombat 11 which we just reviewed on the episode the it was the last episode yeah 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 so combat pack 11 has finally been announced so, a few of the characters have been revealed. Can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Shaggy? No, unfortunately not Shaggy. Oh. They weren't able to get Shaggy. Uh, is, he's just too powerful. You can't put him in the game. That's depressing. So it would be ready and fight, and he would just... I mean, you wouldn't even have been born. He would turn you into a Scooby snack. Uh, he probably would. So, unfortunately no Shaggy, even though also owned by Warner Brothers. But the uh, we only got footage, really, of the first character, which we all knew was going to be Shang Tsung, who looks really cool. Um, still voiced just like in the crypt mode by Kerry Tagawa, who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie, which I think is really, really, really fucking dope that he comes back and he's doing it again. He hasn't he missed a beat. old cell now. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was kind of old when he did the first one. But, dude, I have, I, mean. his, I have his IMDb page up. Um, doesn't look like he's actually aged that much. If the guy was in his 50s beforehand, he maybe looks 10 years older, even though it's been almost 30 years. It's because he's stealing souls. He's about 70 now. All right. Yeah. I mean, looks pretty good for 70s. Yeah. So, Shang Tsung, I don't think you can transform as into every character, which has kind of been a Shang Tsung thing. Back, I think, after Mortal Kombat Trilogy could do it. But a lot of his moves are like characters that you didn't see in the game that you wanted to because he's story wise, I guess, killed them. So he turns into Air Mac for a move. He turns into Rain for a move. He turns it looks like he turns into original Noob Saibot for a move. He can take the power of the person he's fighting against and transform into that person easily as well, which I think is pretty cool. It looks like some of his costume sets are the old school classic character costumes. And I guess a bunch of other fighters in the game when he comes out which I believe is uh, in a couple of weeks, it's mid-June, I believe, get classic character costumes. Like he was fighting Raiden in Raiden's classic Mortal Kombat outfit, which was pretty cool. And after they show a little bit of him fighting, 
they kind of announced some of the other fighters. So we're getting, as rumored, Sindel's going to be a fighter in this game. So get ready to whip your hair back and forth and spin people around. Sindel! I miss Sindel. And you're going to get back Nightwolf, which I think Nightwolf's a really cool character. I think he's kind of underrated. And he was in the Mortal Kombat that's just called Mortal Kombat, right? The one before X, he was one of the characters? Yeah. Yeah. I think he was one of my favorite in that one. So those are the two that they they named that are from Mortal Kombat. They also announced we're going to get Spawn. Is definitely going to be in the game, which he's been a rumored character ever since DLC characters in Mortal Kombat began. So I'm really excited about that. So and Spawn is voiced by none other than Keith David, who is the actor who played him in the original HBO cartoon show of Spawn. And a lot of people know Keith David from his numerous Navy commercials. He was in the first two Riddick films. And uh, he was most recently, I believe, in Community. He played a couple of voice acting roles. And then he was actually a character in the uh, final season of the show as well. That's pretty cool that he's going to be Spawn. He's got a really awesome, very distinct voice. Then they hint that more characters are going to be announced and although bruce campbell kind of shot down my dream of him going to be in the game after they announced ash for me uh ash for steve that going to be in the game they say more characters coming and the sound of a chainsaw plays and blood splatters against that sign which to me means you know ash is back and that's pretty uh groovy well, we have a a tree vine move I'm hoping it's a tree vine move. I'm hoping he has a move where the Necronomicon attacks people. Chainsaw, obviously. He'll swallow your soul. I'm hoping his evil hand comes out and does something funny to other characters and attacks them as well. Evil hand. Evil hand. Evil Ash. Evil hand. Probably a costume. I'm excited about that. That's coming out soon. That's your news for this week. Uh, So if you haven't bought the combat pack, there's still time. It's like 20 bucks or something like that. Either way, it's way cheaper than buying these characters piecemeal. And if... And can you get them without playing the story mode? I'm still salty about the Ross thing. You gotta stop with that. You can only get them without playing story mode. They're DLC characters. So they're not part of the story. Although, maybe at one point they'll release Sector and Cyrax because... They have not released them yet, even though they're definitely characters you can play with in the game. I'll sector your Cyrax. Ooh, I'll Cyrax your sector. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Let's flip the page before we get any further with that. Yep. All right, and now we've got review time. So we're going to start off with a review of a game that I played uh, recently. It just came out. A game called Outer Wilds. It is uh, available on PC. Xbox One, and also Mac, which a lot of games aren't, so that's kind of cool. It's published by Annapurna Interactive. That's right, the movie studio, Annapurna. They do uh, publish some video games. And the developer is Mobius Digital, who I am unfamiliar with their work. I guess they've kind of done some mobile games before. This is their first kind of big game. And... What a game it is that they came out with. I mean, this game is really cool. It's a lot of people, including Player 2 over here, saw the game and their first thought was No Man's Sky, which is pretty easy to get. I mean, you're in a spaceship, you take off. 
and you go to other planets within a solar system and you explore these planets, which is very No Man's Sky. It's what they're known for now. So it's easy to make those comparisons. But the game has kind of like a Project Spark-esque feel to the graphics, kind of like a fable type RPG. You're a little alien guy with a bunch of eyeballs, although it's all in first person. Your ship is very rudimentary. It's actually made of wood. A lot of the stuff is kind of camping themed and it's more like a lunar lander. So it's it's all about thrust and, you know, the rule of an object in motion stays in motion. Hmm. And the game is a little interesting. It takes a little while to get off first because you're on this, you know, foresty planet. And you have to talk to all these characters and get to this observation deck, get the launch codes to launch your ship. And there's little what I like is the training stuff isn't necessary. They say, hey, would you want to try zero G in the zero G cave and try out the suit? Hey, you want to try to fly the lunar lander model we have? Hmm. But you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, you can just go and blow up right away. So the the game takes place on these four or five different planets. You know, you've got the forest planet that you start on. You've got a comet that's in the air. There's a little moon. Uh, there's a planet really close to the sun. You can fly into the sun and kill yourself if you want. There's a hidden moon. There's uh, a black hole, actually, just kind of wobbling through space that as far as I have gotten through the game, at least so far, I cannot get sucked into the black hole, even though I've tried. You know, you can get out of your spaceship and do spacewalks. You can land on these comets. You can fly off into space and die. And the interesting thing is in this game, no matter like what you do in the game, which you're free to explore and solve everything on your own is at the very start of the game, you are cursed or gifted with the ability to reset the same day and live the same day over and over if you die. So you wake back up, you get back on your ship. You don't need the launch codes the second time, which all the other characters are like, how do you already know this? Mm. You go up into space and every planet has a different, you know, astronaut, because it's early in the species spacefaring program. And they've all got different instruments, like campsite type instruments, like a banjo and a harmonica and the guy who's whistling and a guitar. And you go and you find them, you go on their planets and you try to solve what's going on there. What happened to a species that had arrived thousands of years before that translate their old sayings, rescue some astronauts that might be stuck and figure out why you keep going back in time. And um, I don't want to spoil anything about the, the main crux of the story, but it's very interesting. It's really kind of cute. The kind of slow countryish music kind of sets the tone of the game. It's very calming. It's very interesting. If anybody's played The Witness, I don't know if you've ever played The Witness, bro, where it's like just the whole open world is all different mazes and puzzles. It sounds familiar, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. So I, I think a little. it's got a little bit of that feel. The game isn't about... I mean, it is about exploration, and these planets are small, but there's a lot of depth to them, and there's a lot going on inside of them. Just the style and everything else. It's, it's a game worth playing. It's not incredibly long. I haven't beaten it quite yet because it did just come out, but I believe, from what I've read, the entire playtime is about 18 hours. So it's not the longest game ever. It's open world, but not too open world. You're trying to figure out each planet's puzzles and how the, everything connects to everything. Hmm. But it's definitely worth checking out. If you have Xbox Game Pass, it's free. It's it's on there right now. It's part of the Game Pass. Uh, and I do believe it's only $25 or $30, which it's absolutely worth that price. Um, if you like exploration games, if you like puzzle games, if you like space, it's definitely um, worth it. 
and the ability to kind of go and do whatever you want really kind of gives you that freedom to figure out the story your way. Hmm. So I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, the graphics are a little rudimentary and the controls for your own character are a little wonky. But other than that, for a first studio game, I mean, they they mostly made mobile games before that and the story and the exploration are really cool. So I would say 8.5 out of 10. I would really love to see what Mobius Digital does going forward. And I'd love more Annapurna interactive stuff. I feel like they're taking more of their movie sensibilities toward what they release for games. So although I don't think this is better than Resident Evil 2, which I think for maybe both of us, it's still probably our game of the year right now. It's definitely still mine. We'll see. For now, I would say. I mean, I know you're probably going to put Borderlands 3 on that list. I cannot wait. But I think at least in terms of indie games, Outer Wilds probably my number one indie game, at least so far this year. Mm -hmm. So if you can get Outer Wilds, definitely check it out. I think it's definitely worth it. All right, bro. I think you have a review. I do have a review. I do, I do, I do, I do. So, I actually found out about this the day it was released, even though it was, uh, there was an early access build for a while, but I didn't even, I never heard about it, and I wish I did. But there is a new game called It Lurks Below, and I know it's on PC. I'm not sure if it's on anything else yet. I know it's definitely on PC. It's on Steam. But this game is by the amazing and legendary David Brevik. And for those of you who are huge Diablo fans, David Brevik is one of the original developers of Diablo 1 and Diablo 2. He also worked on Hellgate London and Marvel Heroes. I like Hellgate London. Mm-hmm. He made that game too. Um, so this game, for me, I will say, player one over here was not a fan. It's, it's it's just not my kind of game. It, it's it's the genre. So what the genre is? It's basically if Terraria and Diablo had a baby, you would have it lurks below. And for me, I have like 800 hours in Terraria and Diablo 2. I if if I I don't even want to see like if if there was a way to tell me how many hours I put in Diablo 2 in my lifetime, I would be very embarrassed to see that number because Diablo 2 has been, you know, a game I always come back to since it came out. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think 800 hours? Is embarrassing? No. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know when he says like 800 hours, it's not an exaggeration by any means. I mean, this kid has put in almost 800 hours, which I just did the math for you while I said that. It's 33.3333333 days. Days. That's over a month of game. That's like well over a February. Worth of worth of just playing that game. No but you sleep. also need to realize that the my most played game on Steam is a Flash game. I'm not even going to tell you folks what that number is because <laughs> that number. Uh, I mean, I know this is a video game podcast and we all love video games, but if anyone played a game for that many hours and they weren't getting paid for it, 
would have a, to be insane. Oh, a flash game. The fuck is wrong with you? It's a flash game. I can't. Sh- it's a, unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, back to it lurks below. <laughs> so you start up. You get to pick your class. In good old Diablo style. You could pick cleric, necromancer, paladin, warrior, wizard, bard, enchanter, rogue. They all have different abilities. And I think it's unique. The cool thing about it. So, okay, the cool thing and uncool thing about it. So it's single player. (laughs) That's the uncool thing about it is it's single player. But when you pick your class, you will only find gear for that class. You don't have to worry about, oh, I'm a wizard and I'm finding like an axe or something. It's it's just not a thing. Uh, If you're a wizard, you'll only find wizard gear. If you're a warrior, you'll only find warrior gear, which is cool. So you don't have to waste your time you know, finding the other thing. So also that also makes each playthrough on different classes unique because they all have different play play styles. So you start off, you're on the surface, you have to at least on in survival mode, which is the you know the, the main game mode to play. Um there are different game modes, but that's the one that has the most you know, that's what the game was built for, survival mode. So you have to find sticks, you make your first weapon, then you have to cut down trees and you just do objectives. And and it's kind of like a tutorial. It slowly gives you the ability to do more and more things. You learn how the game works. You build up your base. And then you finally um, are tasked to finally start going underground. And just like in Terraria, that's where all the dungeons are. That's where all the enemies are. The further down you go, the harder the game gets. Um, and it goes... It, it The game mostly starts off as like a survival game. Kind of like Minecraft or like you know, like Ark, where you have to build your base up, you have to find your source of food, you have to get that going. But once you kind of get that going, you know, the flow, you have your farm good, you have, you know, your chickens doing, making making chicken love, making eggs, and uh, you got your food sources, you got your bed, you know where to go when you need, you know, when you need to replenish yourself. And that's when the game really starts being like the RPG. You go underground, you fight stuff, go back to the surface to deposit your loot, eat, rest, and you just go back dungeoning again. And that's where the game really takes off. Um, in true Diablo style, you fight enemies, you get loot, you get items. Each item has random properties to it. You can identify them. They come unidentified, just like Diablo 2. Um, and you find better and better gear. As you go down, the game gets harder and harder. You need to really rely on your skills a lot, and skills are what makes the gameplay unique. You know, there's as a wizard, there was an armor spell, um, teleport spell, a fire blast spell, a magic missile spell. Um, you had a Drake to fly around you to help you. Not the rapper. Not the rapper. That'd be cool <laughs> though if you if, if the rapper Drake was flying around, just you know, just rapping his his poor depressed heart out at you. <laughs> sappy rap songs um um but yeah it's it's really fun in my opinion if you like diablo 2 you like uh terraria give it a try unlike player one don't <laughs> if you if you don't like those games like don't give it a try it's just it's not my i think if it was multiplayer it would be a lot more fun but you know just giving a big eyeball drop frogs on me all day while i tried to do a tutorial in a slow mo it was just yeah, it wasn't my thing. No. It was very cringy to watch as well, him play the game. That's a game I would need to play with a friend. Yeah. But I, I get that it's it's your thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, what would you 
what would you rate it? Um, I played. So here's what happened. I put four hours into the game, and now all those four hours mean nothing because the good old David Brevik released an update that broke my save and corrupted my game completely. And I actually had to reinstall the game while deleting my save to fix everything. Oh, and David. so I lost all my progress, <laughs> which kind of annoys me. I didn't get too far in. I was starting to get far in. I don't even know how long the game is. I don't know. Maybe I was far in. I don't know. But that kind of makes me annoyed. And I do have to say, while it is a Terraria Diablo 2 clone, um, it's very simplistic. It's much more simple than Terraria. It's much more simple than Diablo. But it's a combination of both. I would say I'd have to take off points for it being a little too simple at times. Um, the complexity of Terraria and Diablo 2 isn't there. Um, I would have to say, uh, for now, I know he's still updating it, and I haven't really reached the end game yet. Alright. Yeah. For where I'm at right now and what I've seen, I would have to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay, okay. That's fair. It's really fun. Um, I still would so far would prefer Terraria or Diablo over it, but it's a happy mix of both. It's refreshing. Cool. It's my review of uh, It Lurks Below so far. Available on Steam. Available on Steam. For how much? 20 bucks right now. There you go. And 37 megabytes and will run on a potato. All right. Our last Number game one. to review is uh, strange enough also on the Game Pass. Two games, very good games. Um, Releasing on the Game Pass that are indie games uh, in the same week, I believe maybe on the same day. This is uh, the game Void Bastards. So Void Bastards is available on Steam, uh, I guess now on the Humble Bundle, the hun- Humble Bundle, because it was made or released by them. It's also available on Xbox One on the Game Pass. Can you say Humble Bundle again for me? <sighs> Humble bundle. There you go. That was tough. Not a fan. <clears throat> not I'm not a not a fan of you guys, Humble Bundle. Just your name is a little tough to say. <clears throat> so Void Bastards is kind of a roguelike first person shooter, uh, done in a very cell shaded kind of way, very funny, stylized, almost like an adult swim cartoon that you would see late at night. Uh, basically, this the simple story setup because there's not too much of a story is you're on a prison ship, and the ship and its little helper robot are trying to awaken cryogenically frozen prisoners, some of whom are arrested for simple things like jaywalking. One guy, I think the guy I am right now in my, <clears throat> in my save, smells bad. So that makes sense. Yeah, he, his burps are atrocious right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> He smells bad, and so he was arrested for uh, smelling people out. Other people are like murderers, maybe. Um, and every different character has a little trait, like they're good at pickpocketing if they're a thief. Or my guy who smells bad is also a smoker. So when I got him, every once in a while, he would cough and alert all the bad guys to his location. And some of the bad guys are kind of fun, too. They're One of them's like a tourist blob, and he's like this little tourist with a little little top hat and he walks around looking at places then he explodes when he gets nervous uh other ones are little like british thief guys that call you a butthole and butt face and then they try to kill you yeah butthole (laughs) 
And basically you go from ship to ship and the ship wants you, wakes you up for cryogenic uh, stasis and says, congratulations, you've been allowed to try to save the ship full of prisoners. We need a jump, uh, a lightspeed engine. First, you have to get an ID to say, hey, I'm allowed to buy a lightspeed engine, which means you have to basically falsify your records and not say you're a prisoner. So you are you have this map that gets pulled up and you go from ship to ship. That's all like randomly generated dungeons, but it's a ship that you're looking through. You have to get fuel for your little shuttlecraft that you're on. And you have to get food for yourself because some of these hyperspace jumps take a few days and decide which ships you want to take over. You're given a map with multiple pathways and multiple ships. So some of them are merchant ships where they'll sell you stuff that look like a Kmart K, which is kind of cool. And other ones are, you know, smaller or larger ships, some owned by just regular merchants, some owned by, you know, police and the, who've been taken over by this plague. And they're more like zombies. Some are pirate ships. And, you know, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. You get parts. You can get weapons to build parts or ammo or special items like detonating bombs, staple guns, handguns, um, the ability to control turrets that are around the game. And every time your prisoner dies, you keep the items that you have collected throughout your travels, but your character loses some of the perks he might have gotten. So throughout the, the game, you can go into gene splicing machines or radiation machines and get new perks or take away some bad things. Like my guy who's the uh, the guy who smells bad, I was able to fix his uh, cough or repair his lungs in a gene splicing machine. So he no longer coughs anymore. Hey. But I did that at the thought of I can give him the memories of a thief and get, let him pickpocket things easier or um control things with his mind and stuff like that but honestly his cough was getting to me <laughs> yeah. so things like that make it really interesting the style of the cartoony style of the game make it really cool i think which is is something that i think in a lot of games that aren't really story-based a multiplayer approach would have worked really well but the game is really fun the campaign is around 10 to 12 hours it's pretty clear what you have to do right from the start of the game so there's not a whole lot of tutorial it's just each ship kind of gets progressively harder for the first five or six ships. And then it's like, okay, you're pretty much ready for the big stuff now. And then they kind of just go, okay, choose your way. And really the art style is really what grabbed me and made me want to play the game. I think it really looks cool. It's done in kind of a comic book style cutscenes in between. But like I said, there's not too much story for anybody to have to worry about. It's just kind of, here's this roguelike game, have fun. And which is interesting because I think it lurks below is kind of, got similar aspects to that maybe in terms of like the loot and stuff like that but i prefer games like this and i think that's just more the twitchy style of games and and you know this is a first person shooter and i that's what i tend to like and it is a little simplistic in terms of how it plays in terms of the shooting mechanics and stuff like that so i mean if i had to review it and i do have to review it i would have Mm -hmm. to give it i'll give it a I would give it a 7.5 if not for how well done I think the cell shaded graphics are. So I'm going to I'm going to give it an 8 for style. I think the style is so cool. Style. I'm going to bring it up by 0.5. The swag. It's it's really got a nice swag. It really is cool. I I would still enjoy this game if it was done in more of a serious kind of style like look more like Doom or BioShock or any of the games that kind of looks like it's been inspired by. But I think that they put that kind of adult swim cartoon look to it. Like not uncomplicated but not like some kind of disney epic it it really does give it this style all its own it's not that expensive like i said it's free on game pass 
on Steam. What is it, bro? What's what's this game on Steam? You got it up there. So it's $29.99 on Steam. That might be a little much for a game that's only 10 to 12 hours, although it is a roguelike, so you can just keep playing it, and there's different modes and difficulties. I would say for 20 bucks, absolutely get this game. If you're a part of Game Pass, absolutely get this game. Uh, in the Humble Bundle, it might be less, because they tend to do things less. But I can tell Alex has quite a few hours on The Binding of Isaac, which I believe is also roguelike, which I have not played yet. But I, I've heard from everyone it's an amazing game, so I do want to get to playing it at one point. So if you like roguelikes, if you like first-person shooters, if you like Bioshock or System Shock, this is definitely something to check out if you're bored, you need something mm-hmm. to do, something that's short, something that's not going to be like, hey, I can dedicate you know 57 hours to getting everything in this game. Indeed. I thought it was pretty cool. So at least check out the art style. See, if you dig the art style, the game is worth checking out. So that is Void Bastards, available on PC and Xbox. Check that out, yo. Check and, it out, yo. And with that, that concludes our review. So we're going to uh, flip the page. Flip it real good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. And that's all the podcasts that we've got for you guys today. I suppose in the next cast, we'll talk about what we saw at E3 and what we liked and any surprises that might have happened. So until then, I hope you enjoyed Two Player Bros. I'm player number one, Mike Butler. I'm player number two, Alex Butler. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Two Player Bros. You can find our link on twoplayerbros.com. Just send anybody there if they want to listen. There's tons of links to all the different versions of our podcast. Lick that subscribe button. Hmm. Everyone always says, like, smash it or punch it or whatever. Just... I want you to lick that subscribe button. Getting a little weird, bro. I want you to lick it. <laughs> um, so please don't lick the subscribe button. Uh, eh, whatever. Just please, please subscribe. <laughs> Tell your friends about us. Let us know how we're doing. Please go give us some questions for a Q&A. Uh, and just, you know, talk about whatever we talked about. Let me know what you guys think about Void Bastards or Outer Wilds. Or let Alex, um, player number two here, know what you think about it lurks below, you know, or, or what your three favorite games that might be coming out for E3 are. You can contact us at two player bros on Twitter. You can go to two player bros podcast, um, Instagram, and you can email us at two player bros podcast at gmail.com and just drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you guys. So with that, let's do some plugs. Alex, uh, what 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 you streaming lately, bro? So lately, mostly because I have a wedding coming up, um, I've been playing a lot of Beat Saber for exercise to get into shape because it actually is really good aerobic exercising. Um, I streamed my lost save now of It Lurks Below, R.I.P. Recently. Um, but I've been meaning to do, and what I wanted to at least try to do it before. Uh, Borderlands 3 comes out. Because once Borderlands 3 comes out, that's that's gonna be my streaming life. I want I would like to do um I wanna stream all of the campaign of the original StarCraft, all of Brood War, and StarCraft 2. The campaigns of all of that. And I think that'd be fun to stream. My life for Ire. Yes. Just not the multiplayer because I'm bad at the game and whenever I play against other people, I die. Like they have like twenty battle cruisers before I have like a Zergling. So I used to love uh, Protoss swarming you because you used to get so mad. Mm. Fun times. 
<laughs> so where can we find your uh, stream, bro? You can find my stream at uh, twitch.tv slash evangelix, A-V-E-N-G-L-A-E-X. And uh, you can catch me there after, uh, you know, around 6 to 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, on weekdays, weekends, whenever. But uh, I've, been, I've been busy doing wedding stuff lately, so you might might not see me on very often these days. But, yeah, I'll be there. It'll pick it back up after the wedding. Yeah. All right. And for anyone wondering about me, uh, you can hear this beautiful, buttery voice on two other podcasts. I've got Crack One Open with Mike and Elise that I do with my fiance Elise, where we crack open a different craft beer. Every episode, we talk a little bit about the brewery it's from, the style of beer, and what we think about the beer itself and the art on the bottle or can, because I think that's important to most craft beers now is how cool and how well you advertise yourself on your beer bottles. So we talk brews, news, and pop culture reviews. So that's our tagline. We do more than just beer. While we're drinking the beer, we chill out with you guys. We talk about the latest in a TV and film or other pop culture goings on. So we'll talk about what's on Netflix, Hulu, TV, in the theaters, and upcoming events that we've been to, including at breweries. And other than that, I've also got Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about movies that for whatever reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether because another movie came out that was more popular when it was released, or it just simply didn't catch on with the audience its initial run. We talk what we remember liking about the movie why we think it might have been forgotten, and whether the movie is indeed worth another watch and deserves to kind of be remembered. So that's Forgotten Cinema with Mike Field. Both of those podcasts can be heard wherever podcasts can be found or heard. I've also just been on with Mike uh, Field as well. We did a guest appearance on another podcast called The Nomcast with Andrew Morgan, where we talk about the, I guess I have to call it, movie, Rim of the World by Mick G that just came out. And we talk about how much we um, watched it. So that's a movie. (laughs) So you can check us out there. And if you like us there, you can watch us or listen to us on Forgotten Cinema. And thanks to Ozd for letting us use his song Getting Started from the Friendship Adventure soundtrack. You can find that song and more awesome retro chip tunes on his Spotify or on his site at ozd.net. That's O-Z-Z-E-D dot net. Thank you guys for listening to us. Please remember to rate, review, and share. This has been Two Player Bros. You've Keep on gaming. Gaming it up.